When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan. Yes. Can you guess what the uh, top 13 worst-selling cars of the year have been so far? I guess the AMC Pacer doesn't qualify. It does not, my man. But okay. that is the topic of today's podcast. So we're going to be talking about a list of our friends over at Jalopnik. Actually, most of our friends in Jalopnik are no longer in Jalopnik. I know. They've, they've moved around quite a bit. They've gone to Autopian? Uh, Autotop? Yeah, Autopian and Strive and some other places as well, yeah. Hey, hey, um, um, Autopian is not a great name. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little hard for... Great website, not a great name. I, I think we can talk to Jason about that, you know. Jason, I do have some suggestions for you, my friend. And David. So, <laughs> no, great well, website, but I would rebrand. Well, you want to call it the... Let's call it Jason Tracy. Jason Tracy Cars. <laughs> I think the dude who like, funded cars. that would not be happy about that. No, I guess not. All right, okay. anyway, well, I don't know why we're talking about another another podcast. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Website, but but they're anyway, friends of ours. Anyway, anyway, Jalopnik did this list, 13 worst-selling cars, so thank you for putting that together. And so we're going to discuss uh, the 13 worst-selling cars, and I can give you a hint before we start. Uh, at number 13, it was only 825 cars sold so far this year, and at number one, uh, only 65. And you can that, probably guess what that is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, if you couldn't figure it out with what's behind me. But for those of you who are listening, yes, yeah, stay tuned for a surprise. Uh, but first, uh, we've got to talk about some uh, other things. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm going to do what this email that we recently got from Will says he hates what we do. Okay. You All go, right. go ahead, Will. All right. Here, here's what he, he's saying, okay? When you have an episode that's mainly just discussion, mm-hmm. please have them stay on topic. <laughs> <laughs> rather than rambling on about unrelated items like this email, one could argue. Okay. In the case of the recent video of cars being discontinued, wasn't clear when they were talking about items on the list or something else. I also suggest that with something like you put the current item on the screen. I'm reading kind of verbatim. Okay. So, so maybe he wants us to put more stuff on Probably the screen. Probably when we talk about a particular car to switch the screen over to that particular car, which... That's a good... That's, a good, it's a that's good. not a bad suggestion. Yeah. And I think we could try to do something like that in the future. And then he adds, with the video announcing the police car, which we talked about yeah. last week, uh, Nathan was talking about the fuel economy for his truck. So yeah. I think he's saying we... Uh, oh, the headline of the video was we bought a police car and then we ended up talking about the fuel economy of your truck because we you had a um, it was a rant about the uh, roof racks. Roof racks. And actually, what I was referring to is roof racks are bad altogether. And I wanted to include sirens on police cars, which are evil um, because they probably <laughs> affect uh, fuel mileage as well. But here's the thing about that: 
Uh, one of the things we'll do is we have a main topic, and then we talk about other topics, and usually Roman will have a major rant, and then I'll have a minor rant because he's old and cranky. And I already got my rant out of the way. I, you did, didn't you? Yeah, we did. A, we just did a video uh, reviewing the new Toyota BZ4X, uh, and that was a grumpy review. That was a whole rant right there. Uh, and, and I would say to you, Will, um, you know, this is our podcast, and you can watch it on YouTube, mm -hmm. um, and you can see our lovely faces. Or not, you can listen to it, you know, on any of the popular podcast platforms. Sure. And so I feel like what you're asking us to do is to take a podcast and convert it into a video. This is not Will's podcast as much as we love you. Yes, yes. And it's not really, this is the place where me and Nathan, you know, are happily not on camera, even though we are on camera. We're not scripted. Right, we're, we're just talking, and most people, or a lot of people who watch or listen to this, do it as a podcast, which is a very uh, intimate form of, uh, it's like the difference between radio and TV, right? What we're doing now is radio, we just happen to also have this video camera in front of us. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no real performative so, so, thing with uh, editing. So I would kindly suggest that we put out anywhere from 15 to 18 videos that are very much on topic, mm -hmm. like like the BZ4X review that'll be on alltfl.com very soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, if you want to actually watch us drive cars or go off-roading or go drag racing, there are plenty of other videos where we do that. We have eight channels, and they, they many of them cover those things directly. The thing is, is that this is a discussion, and because of that, Roman and I can actually talk about things and debate about things, and we both have our rants and whatnot. So when you were uh, upset about the fact that I was talking about a roof rack and how it affects mileage, which, by the way, is universal, not just about my vehicle, um, yeah, tough. Sorry, <laughs> deal with it, bro. And, and, and then the other criticism you had, um, which I also respect, is that you know we're going to be talking about 13 vehicles, and maybe each of those should be on the screen behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we can address that in the future. I, well, I would like to. Andre tries to do it when he, we do podcasts with him, but uh, my technical savvy with this is to turn the computer on and leave it alone and not touch it ever, which is what the guys tell me who work here. So uh, maybe in the future we can click through a few photos, at least on the screen behind us. But we're working our way up slowly. Right now, we're just getting a handle on sound, making things sound good. And then later on, perhaps we can work our way up to making the video a little bit more pleasing. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, and uh, you know, we will ask uh, Cole, who edits this, maybe he can overlay using B-roll the images of the cars. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I probably could uh, scroll through those and, and put the video, yeah. video and pictures up. But l let me explain to you uh, our day so far. <laughs> So you understand why why this is uh, harder than it might sound. Yeah. So, um, Nathan, what time did you get home last night? Uh, around 2 a.m., but I didn't get to bed until about 3 because I had to shower and get all the – and carve the sweat off certain components of my anatomy. And, and where were you at? Were you on vacation? I was in Albany, New York. Yes. And then uh, that got major delay because Chicago's had t tornadoes, and that was my connection. So they actually closed the airport. So we got major delayed getting and home. And you were in, on vacation in Albany? No, God, no. Vacation? Me? No. Um, no, I was driving the new Volkswagen Atlas, which is highly revised. And um, that video, there's one that's already out, which is a walk around on both the, uh, the Atlas and the Atlas Cross Sport. And then in the very near future, like this weekend, we'll have the actual drive-in impression video coming out as well. So Nathan flew home about 3 in the morning, got in here at 9 a.m., and, you know, he, he walked in the door, and the first thing I said to him was, Nathan, we have to go do a video. <laughs> yeah, get in the Jeep. <laughs> get in the Jeep. And we're doing a video where we're putting a different uh, exhaust on our JK. Right. Um, and so, you know, we did that, drove to the, the muffler, 
Dan, the muffler man, great which guy. Which is a bit of a drive. Which is a bit of a drive. And then what did we do on the way back? Then we drove the BZ4XYZ, whatever the hell, stu- I hate the name. <laughs> and we did and a then we did, we, we did the video with that. And then we and came in here uh, and we started this. Yeah, we so, haven't even done lunch yet. It's no, no, like we haven't done lunch. in the afternoon. Uh, so so I, I'm not trying to like obfuscate the issue, but the point I think I'm trying to make is, you know, we work so much that, that even like, you know, putting the pictures up and getting them ready, th- th- there's nobody else here. There's like no magic elf that would come in here. Right. And, and, and Nathan has to get this done uh, because um, this has to go on the air this weekend. That's and, correct. And aligning, just aligning ourselves when we're both not traveling is hard enough so we could be in the same room together. Yeah. So, so, so please just, you know, listen to it as a podcast. <laughs> Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if it really bothers you, you can always listen to, I believe, uh, Supercar Blonde has a podcast as well. Um, <laughs> you in tell, addition, in you addition, tell you to listen to another podcast. It, well, but, but in addition, also another thing is, uh, I have a, a one-hour commute, uh, true, basically yeah. each way, and so you know everything has. The guys try to work around my scheduling, and we're a really small team, so we try to do as much as we can. We have eight channels, we have four websites. I mean, that's a lot. So try to keep that in mind when you're when you're throwing that out there. Uh, there is something additional, though. Didn't was it he who mentioned uh, in-person pod? Um, what yeah, not? no, no, that was me. So uh, okay. we've gotten a lot of requests for people, uh, from people saying, "Hey, we'd love to do a meetup and do an uh, in-person podcast." You know, like, and a lot of the podcasts I listen to, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, Spike's Car Radio, they're doing an in-person thing mm-hmm. uh, at Monterey, which is for charity, which yeah, is very yeah. nice. Uh, uh, Smith and Sniff. Uh, so um, those are two UK YouTubers, mm-hmm. Johnny. Uh, is from Fifth Gear, former Fifth Gear guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know who Johnny is. Uh, he's, I think, Sniff. And the other guy uh, is a Top Gear producer and writer. Mm. And they're doing a whole bunch of live shows. But he's not Willman, the old. No, no, he's not oh, Willman. Okay. No, no, no. And then uh, there's also another podcast uh, called uh, Seen Through Glass, where they just announced that they're doing a lot of them. But, yeah. but to me, the magic of a podcast is it's very intimate, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's me and Nathan having this conversation with you guys. And I kind of feel like once you put a studio audience uh, in place, Place, it becomes uh, less intimate. It becomes more about the studio audience than it does about the listener. And so as a podcast listener, I really never enjoy the live shows. But that's just me, potentially. Yeah, I, uh, I, I see where you're going with that, but I also there's another side to it. Now, we're, that, we're not saying we're not going to do podcasts with an audience. I think we might do some special events. Well, we've got the 10th anniversary of uh, TFL Truck coming up, and we would like yeah. to record a podcast that would be cool with, with, an, with an audience. Yeah, yeah, and Andre would really dig that. Andre loves people. He, he's a puppy dog. He just, uh, like, goes over and wags his tail and sees people. Um, and there's other events where we have special expos and whatnot that we go to where we could do uh, podcasts where we are including people. We did that actually at the Overland Expo in Flagstaff where we did, it wasn't a live broadcast, but we were broadcasting it. We were going around, recorded it, quickly cut it, and then put it in the can and sent it to you guys. And that actually went really well because we got to show you a bunch of things. So we might do that type of stuff in the future. However, when you do a podcast like this, the way we're doing it, it's like a studio album. Imagine a rock album or something that you like listening to, which is really clean and everything else. However, there are certain people out there who really prefer a concert album. And that's kind of the idea behind doing having you know a group a of people analogy. in there. Thank you. Thank you. Because when you're doing a concert thing, you're really dealing with the people who are out there. They can interact and everything else versus just us in a room yapping together, two old men. 
very different feel. So we will look at that in the future. However, Roman's point does make some sense considering the size of the team we have. And as much as I would love to do lots of meet and greets, we're so small and our, we're, we, we're constantly at events. Tommy's in England right now. Yeah. Andre's California? He, uh, he was in Vegas, Vegas. and now he's in, he's in Detroit. So right. he's in I was Vegas in, with Ford and the Bronco. You were in, in New York. In New York with uh, the with Volkswagen. Yeah. And and, then, Andre's now in Detroit. Right, and then you're going, you know, you're doing your thing. So we, the point is, is that the entire team, even though there's 11 of us, technically speaking, really in terms of those who are on film, there's only like four or five. So we have to be at all these events all over the place. And at some point in time, some of these guys have got to go home and say hi to mom or something like yeah, that. I guess we could, you know, knock the number of channels down. That's we could do that, but um, and uh, that's that's always something to juggle with, I guess. But anyway, so that whole rant is over. And see? Uh, and so let us know, you know, in the comments of the video what you think. Do yeah, you, in terms you, of would you, in person. Would you, be, would you be willing or are you interested in, like, doing a meetup? Uh, where you would come and you'd have to buy a ticket. I think most of these are, are paid gigs, right? Right. We'd probably give some money to charity or yeah, buy agree. burgers or yeah. something. Yeah. Or something, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that something you'd be interested in? Uh, if there's enough interest in there, we'd love to do it. Uh, it's just going to take some planning. All right. Uh, shall we get down to the uh, the list? Yeah, but before we do one final thing, okay, I want to it. call the first meet and greet BNAB. Okay, what's that stand for? By Nathan a brew. <laughs> okay. That's your entry fee. Everybody pays a quarter. And what, and do you, what do you need to charity, the other end of that? Well, yeah, they, they got a couple cans, too. Hey, hey, if your kids need some cans, here, take a couple cans over. They like the cold ones. Okay, maybe that's inappropriate. Um, I heard the beeping. What is that? Yeah, what is beeping? Hold on, you keep talking, I'll, I'll find out Okay, so while Roman's talking, we're going to talk about this list coming up. Now, first of all, this list, which is 13 vehicles does comprise some vehicles that are either just starting production. Oh, no kidding. Do we get more people? No. Or it's vehicles that are no longer going to be in production, that are ending production. So you want to keep that first part in mind. And second part is these are vehicles that uh, have been sold, but in some cases these are only being reported as being built, which we'll get to in a minute. So this could be a clock. I just went back. So for some reason... So how it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. I didn't touch anything. I swear to God. See, this is the problem. If I'm around anything tech and something goes wrong, they just look at me like, what did you touch? And for all of you guys who are listening to this and can see it, the beeping was this little counter that we have on the on the counter, which, which, which shows which is the Fastlane car and how many subscribers we have. One million something, blah, 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 or something. Yeah, that's kind of showing off. Maybe we should get rid of it. Yeah, no, what we should do is have you a like counter. Flex, huh? No, I want I want a counter for every single one of our channels because we're creeping up on five million at this point. I we are, we're yeah. over four million. Yeah. I like flexing and shoving it in certain people's faces who love shoving <laughs> stuff in our face. Honestly. I am I'm really competitive with a lot of our we're friendly with hey, a lot hey, of them, hey, but hey, it's competitive. Will's really gonna get mad, but speaking of competitive, you know our podcast is moving down the top. 200, not in automotive, but in leisure. So we're, we're starting to crack into the top 50 on a regular basis now. So obviously the people who are ahead of us are like um, <laughs> the NPR show. You remember Click and Clack? Yeah. Car Talk? Yeah, the, the, they're, they're long dead, aren't they? Or yeah, but they're still very popular. Yeah, well, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Uh, it's a good smoke, show. The Smoking Tire? Yeah, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, Donut Media? 
Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, they're ahead of us. Um, and, and those guys do all great work. But we're working on uh, actually doing great work as well so that hopefully you guys are enjoying this and finding it entertaining. Uh, and hopefully we can – look, If the more people that listen to this – and I hate saying, you know, write us a review and, you know, hit the like button and smash the subscribe. And we never say that, unlike other channels. And maybe yeah. we should. I don't know. Nah. Maybe we should. Yeah. But, but if you do like the podcast, please write us a review. And if you don't like it, write us a review. Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, mostly our, our competitors write the negative reviews, so you want to counter <laughs> them, if, especially if you don't like them. Uh, we know that some of them do that. So, okay. All right, let's go on. All right. So, so number 13. Number 13 is one of my favorite... Favorite cars, and I've been dying to mention this because Roman doesn't like it as much as I do. No, so we just had it, and Nathan just reviewed it. It's the uh, LC 500 Lexus, 825 sold this year. I'm going to say two things, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we'll have a long discussion about this one. So right. the most beautiful car, or if not the most, one of the most beautiful cars you can buy today. Just just absolutely stunning car. The right? most beautiful car Lexus builds. The most beautiful car Jap Japan has built in a very long time. I agree. It's just, it's uh, just scrumptious. And it's one of the best looking cars on the road. It's just fabulous from every angle. Convertible and hardtop looks so, outstanding. So you think, see, Nathan has this belief that if you drive this car, well, you tell him, what, 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 it, it, it does what to the other sex? It makes me, when I drive it, yes. you look at me and I'm no longer a swarthy fat guy who doesn't look very bright and isn't very bright, I'm suddenly a handsome, svelte man who's intelligent and maybe further educated than you so, thought. So you're saying it's making you attracted to the other sex? To any sex. I don't okay, care. Okay, to any sex. All right, all right let's be... I, I'm fine <laughs> if, if an elephant goes, bro, all right, what's up? All right, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and I'm going to go old school with you, okay? Right. So I, I think that the Lexus brand is attractive to the opposite or same sex, but I don't think the car itself is. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it makes sense. You, you see, to, to see you people and your are, people are attracted to the brand, but not to the car. The LC is like it's like, so pretty. It's it's achingly big. I bite the back of my hand when I look at that thing. When I'm walking in a parking lot, you know what I do? I actually stop. I turn around and look at it, and then I try to make sure somebody else knows I'm looking at it by holding the key fob. So 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 my wife walked next to it. I had it parked at home. Yeah. And I said, uh, "What do you think of that hundred and five thousand dollar Lexus, which is what it costs?" That because it has this. And stuff. she said, "She like a hundred and five. Who would pay that for it?" That was her exact words. That's and, and you, you would gladly pay that for it. I would. I would. Well, I'd got, I'd sell one of my kids for it. I wouldn't necessarily pay cash. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, which one of you hasn't cleaned your room? Uh, this one's for Will. I'm, I'm going to go off. Sorry, Will. Not, not, you, you've laid down the gauntlet. I'm Sorry, Will. Now we're really going to go off script. Yeah, yeah, now we're really going to go off script. So, Nathan, let me ask you this. Before yeah. we go back to the Lexus, and we yeah, will. It's so sexy. Uh, um, we were just filming that BZ4X, and we kept driving around to this guy who was oh, cutting God. his shrubbery. <laughs> he had a dog with him, too. Really yeah, pretty uh, Really pretty dog. dog. And he kept, he kept looking at us, because when you film, you have to do the take over and over as so we kept yeah, driving yeah. around. Anyway, <laughs> the, the question I have for you, and the audience is like how much money would you have to offer somebody to buy their dog before they would seriously take you up on it what we had, the, the yeah, we had this discussion in the car <laughs> so initially i was thinking around two grand but i think that the the absolute point where you would look at fido as much as you love them and go you know what i'm willing to get rid of the dog five thousand dollars yeah i think that's what do you guys think like if, I, if somebody came <laughs> up to you and said i will give you five thousand dollars this is what we sometimes talk about when we're driving around between takes and stuff for, like that for your beautiful is that how far your uh, love extends at that point would you be 
like, done, and I'm going to go and get myself another one. Yeah, yeah, cheaper. I'll miss you, Fido, but you're going to a better home. And I'm, I'm thank ta- you for the five grand. And I'm not talking about some, like, very, you know, purebred show dog. I'm just talking about the average, you know, either mutt or or rescue that, that people have at home. Would $5,000 buy that dog? Do you realize that Tommy's going to start getting emails for uh, selling for Blaze? Blaze. We're, not, we're not selling Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's going to freak out. Tommy's overseas right now, so he's gonna he'll come back and he'll be like, what the hell's going on? I got all these bids on the dog. But you know, if we were if, <laughs> if we were if we were more YouTuber and less journalist, that would be a fun. This is a free one out there for YouTubers. Yeah, you go. It's a you freebie. Know, yeah, like you can you can <laughs> go the Mr. Beast route and just just walk up to people and give them five thousand and see if they'd give them your dog. What you do is you be, go in a really uh, questionable van and then come out with a, like a, a wad of cash. <laughs> say five thousand dollars now for your dog. What do you say? Actually, what you do is you start you start off small. You go five hundred. And they'll be like, absolutely not. No, no. This, I wouldn't this, go for this, 500. This, no, this is my dog. This is my life. Yeah. My, my love. Yes. How about 5,000? All of a sudden, they, the cha-ching you'll hear in the distance, and they'll be like, yeah, later, Fido. In some case, this is what we think. We might we be th- wrong. We could be wrong. I mean, that's why we mean, want to get your impression. I, I don't know if you could put a, put a price on love, but you could certainly put a price on a dog and that, how much it costs to get another one. It's a, and, and in my case, I'd actually give you a two-for-one deal. So uh, just so you know, I got a dog with one eye who's a little mutt, and I will give that dog free with one of my other dogs. I've got three dogs. All right, so back to the LC though. So here's my issue with Alexis. And by the way, it sounds like a million bucks when you crank it. I I love the car. Uh, This one had the performance pack, which meant it had the carbon fiber. Had a 21 inch wheels, Wheels, really big wheels. But my problem with the car has nothing to do with it, like the way it looks, the way it sounds. It's just not enough horsepower. It needs another hundred horsepower. And I understand it's a GT, but it's like 470. Yeah, something like that. It needs, you know, the, I was I asked Nathan this question. I'll ask it to you now yeah. on camera. For $50,000, you can get a Mustang that has more horsepower than the Lexus. Yeah, but Why still, wouldn't you? I would still look like a schmuck driving it. Whereas if I'm driving the LC, I look like a million bucks. It's so good looking. I drive a Mustang. It's like, oh, fat guy in a Mustang. I drive a Camaro, fat guy in a Camaro. Corvette, yeah, well, I mean, maybe a little bit better, but... I'm driving the LC, which is sex on wheels and sounds great and handles really nice, by the way. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, yeah, okay. If you want the sports car, then you're going to have to go to another vehicle. But this is a GT car. And for a GT car, I practically need a monocle. So, I look so, so good. So if it's so beautiful, which we've now established, both established why is it not selling? Why only Why? Because only 825 people in the United States have taste. That's why. That's that's a fun that, answer, that, but it doesn't answer the question. <laughs> you, you see, well, we always knew it was a limited run on the car. Th- there is something that's not resonating, right, with with... with 
a majority of the people. Now, yes. My, my friend James has one. He just ordered another one. because James it, is awesome. It, it, the 2024 is going to have a different screen. He is awesome. Set up, it's going to have a you know different color. Yeah. So he's, he's got the convertible. He's getting another one. Uh, but, you know, he is definitely... Motoman uh, owned one. The, yeah. He, but they're both the outliers. And, and now, you know, the used ones are going to come down in price. You can probably get down... Maybe sixty-ish. I think seventy right now, but I think they will drop a little bit more. But wh- wh- why is it not resonating with more people? Is it is it like right car, wrong brand? Maybe. No, I don't think it's any of that. I think it's very simple. All right, let's hear it. Uh, the same reason why there's other vehicles on this list that compete with it, and that is that sports coupes, GT cars, simply don't sell unless unless there's something like a Corvette. Unless there's something or like that's a something like, like hotcakes. I know. That's my point. Uh, you know, th- those cars still give you a lot of value for crazy power and handling. This car isn't in that class. This car is for the guy or the gal who is perhaps a doctor, a lawyer, or, you know, a master of industry of some sort who really wants that particular car. It's not for passengers. That's one demerit. It doesn't have all-wheel drive. That's one demerit. So you, you know what I mean? It, it's in a very, very small little tiny piece of that pie. And yes, 825 may not sound like a lot. However, for Lexus saying, this is our halo car. We can build something really, really beautiful. I don't think that's a bad number at all. I think the issue, quite honestly, is Time has moved on, and these cars, and I'll give you an example of a car that's also beautiful that competes directly with this that isn't selling, and that's the Jaguar F-Type, right? It's almost identical in a lot of ways, mm. right, in terms of price. I would I would agree, and I love the F-Type as well. It's also not selling. I mean, Jaguar, you know, sold more than 825 cars this year, but not much more. Uh, and I just think that, you know, me and you live in a James Bond generation when, like, these cars were the pinnacle of... And I, I think right now they're just out of favor. People would rather have a Tesla Model S Plaid, or or they would some would, yeah. Or or if you're going to dig deep, then they'd rather have a Porsche, right? Or maybe uh, a Corvette. But but the Lexus doesn't doesn't have the doesn't have the brand establishment of building these cars. Okay. Except for the LFA, but the LFA was a very limited production and car. And that was a really limited, and that was a very different car. That was an actual sports car. That was yes. a supercar. This is not that. This is something very different. Okay, let's move on. We're, we're, we're building, what's, you know, what's number 12? The Audi Q8 e-tron. Hmm. Mm. 779 sold so far this year. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that uh, Q8, to be honest with you. I don't. I, it just doesn't really. You, you know, Audi Audi has kind of lost the magic in some ways yeah. recently, right? All of their e-trons are just uh, kind of. Uh, well, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. They're just kind of like very stylish toasters. Well, more important, not, not the sports car, not the GT, but the, no, the GT is the, the, their the best crossovers. Speaker. Yes, yeah, they're just they're just kind of. Eh. Well, you're going to see other Audis on this list, yes. and they just don't seem to be selling, and that is an issue. And the other aspect of, of Audi is that you would think that they would really be leading the charge in tech, and it just doesn't. It seems like the Volkswagen Group just doesn't care about having Audi really lead that charge. At one point, they did with the GT. But then they kind of pulled back. Oh, well, the Porsche has to have more power. The Porsche has to have more range. Or something. I don't buy it. I don't think it's right. And I think that Audi is suffering because of it. Well, you know, there's one word, Tesla, right? Tesla has taken the wind out of Audi sales, out of BMW's sale, mm-hmm. right? Because Tesla has now kind In of... In that premium category, yeah, yeah. has kind of jumped to the top of the most desirable car. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Audi no longer, and BMW, because that's an external list, no longer, and they're both, both of those companies are struggling right now to reinvent themselves. 
to, they're trying to figure out what does it mean to be Audi in an electric world. Yeah. Uh, and they're caught between kind of, you know, a rock and a hard place. Because I think we're at this moment, and I, I've been reading stories about this, we're in that chasm, right, where early adopters have gotten all the electric cars mm -hmm. that they want. Uh, and now you need to go from like in America it's six percent all electric right now. Yeah, you need to go from six percent to like thirty percent or forty percent, uh, and you got to give people uh, a reason to switch. Um, and I don't think that Audi or BMW have figured out what that reason is. But we're still gaining, and so by next year we should be close to ten percent. But it's going to be hard. It will be hard, and it's also hard for BMW, who is number eleven on our list. They've sold seven hundred and sixty-one BMW XMs nope. this year. Well, Jalot said people aren't buying it. I'm not sure. Part of that could be because they just gone, gone on sale. Yeah. But, but the, the the kind of cynical part of me, and we've had that car, uh, right? It's it's a very expensive car. It's one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. It's the first M car that. That's uh, that's come around in a long time. That's purely M. That doesn't share its anything with the rest of the BMWs, right? right. So it's a pure M car, um, you know, 500 you horsepower ish hybrid. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be um, honest here. I'm always honest, but maybe too honest. I mean, how many Bulgarian uh, gangsters are there? <laughs> <laughs> right, it, that's the, that's to me that car so seems like it's like aimed, aimed at that demographic. I, I don't understand it. I can't look at that and think old BMW craftsmanship. I can't. It looks kind of plasticky. It it's looks, just it's just it's just and the it's nose just, and that everything everything's it. too much. Just too much. Like they they looked at Tesla and they said, you know what, those guys have gone very minimalist. So let's go to eleven. Yeah, let's just make things hanging off in weird directions. Yeah, there's, just, yeah. there's like a there's like a ceiling that lights up. Like the rolls. I don't want a ceiling yeah. that lights up in my car. Right. The the, the 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 kidney grill lights up at night, which is which to me just feels it, very. The, the grill itself looks out of place. Everything it just feels about garish it. instead of classy. You know yep. what I mean? It's like it's like try, it's like screaming like I am a BMW and you are successful for driving me and I feel like you're just you're just everything that isn't uh, classy and I hate to say it, in that car I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to point a finger at all the BMWs right but, but to me uh, you know that car just screams way too much just everything just a lot it's just a lot that's probably the best way to put it well another minimalist car on this list is number 10 the Genesis G90 703 sold we're at number 10 now uh, this year um, yeah so Genesis. Genesis has the issue where they have to establish the brand, and they haven't done it yet. They're, they're starting to. Though. They're starting they're to. They're winning awards left and right for their design. And and journalists for, love them, but yeah. but I would, look, I was okay. I'll give you an example. So I'm walking my dog, mm -hmm. right? And this is hilarious. Did someone offer you money for the dog? No, nobody yeah. offered. And and one of my neighbors uh, says, "Hey, do you mind if we ask you a question?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And and the woman comes out, and they're an older couple, really nice couple, right? And yeah. the older couple. I'm older now too, but older yeah. than me. like like you know, definitely retired. Ninety, ninety. No, they weren't that old. Okay. No, no. Let's say in their seventies, right? And, and and they're like, um, "Hey, we need to get a new car." And here's the funny part. I'm like, okay, what's the old car? Uh, and the answer, let's see if you can guess the old car, is one of the worst. I said, I said to him, I said, you bought one of the worst Audis ever built. Can you guess what that car was? Well, it wasn't a TT, the retired. No, no. No. It, so. had, it had three classic problems. Number one, the air suspension always goes out. Okay, so it's a Quattro. Air, all wheel, uh, it's an all-road. Yes, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah, yeah. had an all-road. I look in her garage with collapsed suspension. Oh, the so turbo one of the older ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first I love day. the older ones too. They're so cool to look at, but so, they're so. So it's two point seven liter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, turbos go, suspension goes, transmission goes. <laughs> I know it. It is that car's a paperweight. 
Yeah, it's it's like you you are upside down on that car immediately. So she's like, "What should I buy to replace it?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and the neighbor had just gotten a Volvo. Uh, what was it? The uh, the forty, the 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 Oh, the XC forty. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I think is a good, but it's smaller. But she yeah, wanted something sixty, you know, something like. She's like, "Well, I want something that's a little bit luxurious." I'm like, you know, maybe a Lexus RX. Uh, and then I thought, how about Genesis? And she kind of looked at me with ex- expression on her face, like, "What's that?" Uh-huh. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, I agree. My, uh, I have a cousin who lives in Sacramento, and uh, she, she's, they, they, they do quite well. For some reason, her husband likes Lincolns, so they've been doing a lot of Lincolns, like the Aviator and stuff mm. like that. And there's some problems with reliability, and she wanted something a little bit more. A lot of whiskey I'm drinking. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's iced tea. She, of course it is. Um, Anyway, so uh, I recommended uh, at the time she was looking at a midsize SUV. I think I was I mentioned the XC or sorry the uh, G80. Yep. The XG80 is it the X? Well, that's another problem. Okay. See, that's the problem is my the nomenclature. But anyway, so I, I mentioned a few of those, and she was just totally like, I don't know what the hell these are. And then she had to look up reviews, and suddenly the reviews are glowing. And yes, she got you know she became interested. So they need to get out there a little bit more. So I agree, and that's look, one of the reasons. Look, look, G90 is that giant sedan, right? It's a beautiful sedan, but there's two problems. Uh, you're competing with um, the BMWs and Mercedes of the world. Yeah, the S-Class. Yeah, and the 7 Series. Uh, and that's also a segment that's shrinking in America. Yeah, but you get a lot for the money on the G90. It is really, really well screwed together. I prefer the Lexus, personally, just slightly. I think it's a better bargain for a big, long car. But, uh, yeah, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, they compete, so does Audi, with uh, the Genesis G90. And Genesis was open about this. They said it was never going to be a volume car. They just want to be in the market with a big, luxurious car. And it's beautiful. Like, I love the controls on that thing. Most of them are great. Uh, Everything looks... Like it should be in a Rolls Royce. So yeah. Well, the interior design is directly from guys who used to work at like Bentley and Rolls Royce. Yeah. The guy, the lead designer, is former Bentley guy. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, you you certainly sense a lot of Bentley in that car. Uh, but um, maybe the, the the problem is they're trying to fly before they've walked. Now speaking or of run before they've flown. Speaking <laughs> of flying before they should, uh, actually, is number nine on our list, which is the Audi Q8 Sportsback. E-tron. So it's the same car as the other one, except it's got the sloping roof. Yeah, and they only sold 340 of those. And I'm really beginning to, I think maybe Americans are getting a little sick and tired of the whole sportsback thing. Maybe you guys are finally realizing, hmm, a coupe design in a vehicle that should be an SUV where I have a lot more space that's usable, and I'm not gaining anything from this other than a different look. Yeah, maybe I'll stick with the SUV design of it. Yeah, I mean, my guilty, I have a couple of guilty pleasures that I want to own. I want to, I want to buy a ZDX yes. at some point. Yes, you know that, right? And that's the it same is problem. cool looking, but Not it's ter- the, the world's worst backseat. Yes, it's terrible. I mean, you yes. have to fold yourself over because of the way the the roof is so sloped. But I like these kind of weird, quirky cars, and that is certainly at the top of my list of something that uh, I would like to own at some point. But you're right, Nathan. I never understood it. It's always been, and I guess. I mean, we've talked about the, this before. It's like if you know if you're an empty nester and you want the the the, the kind of the, the sportiness of having a crossover or SUV that isn't, then you buy the sport back. It still doesn't make all, sense. All right, so let's actually let's take another. This is for you, Will. <laughs> now, when the, when this comes out, I, I believe the embargo. When's the embargo on the uh, on the Volkswagen that you just? It's already heard? up by the time this comes out. All right, so so tell them what to, you just it's reviewed up tomorrow. Um, okay, so I went out and I drove the Volkswagen Atlas and the Atlas Cross Sport for 2024. And there we are. Yeah. So, well, the, the, the Cross Sport 
isn't just, uh, it's not coupe. Okay. It, it, it is a, a lower roof. The whole thing is that it's a sliced off back, so it only has uh, room for five as opposed to seven. Right. Uh, the one thing about the Atlas, probably its strongest suit, is and this that... this is the new one, the new yeah, The new Atlas, but even the old one, plenty of room in the third row. An adult like me can fit behind myself in the third row, and that's kind of rare for the class. When you suddenly get rid of that and make a vehicle less capable and less utilitarian, it makes no sense to me. So there's nothing wrong with the Atlas Sport or the Atlas Cross Sport, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Pay a thousand dollars more, have the other one that has more room. Let me ask you this: Is this a German thing? Are there any American cars where there's like yes? The, what's what American recently car? the Buick Avenir version? Oh no, not Avenir. Sorry, sorry. Take it back. Rewind the Buick uh, Vista, uh, Vista, whatever. What the hell? <laughs> Drive in Vista. That was it. The Buick in Vista, which is essentially a Chevy Trax. So it's front-wheel drive, little three-cylinder turbo, but they're more luxurious version. I went and drove that uh, about a week ago, and that one has that sloping roof design as well, as opposed to more like wagon-like design, like the tracks, which it's based on. And it looks good. I think it looks pretty good. They did a great job in terms of visuals. However, you lose utility. You're losing several cubic feet of cargo space and your rear passenger, they have to duck a little bit. It just makes no sense. All right, there you have it. Um it's still a German thing, in my opinion, because Volkswagen, BMW, Audi, uh, and, and uh, Mercedes all do it. But I yep. think you'd be hard-pressed to find Japanese or American cars that actually have this, like where you've got the crossover and then you've got the sportback version of it. I don't so get So speaking of Japanese and American, let's move on to Italian. Yes. Number eight on our list is the Fiat 500X, 277 sold so far this year. Now, that's a car that's going away. Yeah, we're pretty sure it's gone yeah. as of next year, but there, there's no official announcement. Now, they did say that they are bringing a Fiat 500e or electric here. Yeah, I went and actually did a video on it. <laughs> but the thing is, you didn't know for sure what it really looks like because that was the European version. It could look different. Actually, they had three special editions. Yeah, they did. They're artistic like, creations and whatnot. Yeah, the, the issue, I think, uh, with... I, I, like, bring it on, dude. Um, my problem with the 500e is the range. I think the highest range is only 150 miles. And uh, for now, for now, in America, those city cars just don't. Has, I don't. I, mean, I shouldn't say they don't work. So we've had plenty of examples of like European city cars that have been brought here. And you know the the the, the current 500e, right? The one that was the California compliance car. Of course, the smart car. Mm -hmm. um, they just don't sell because once you get out of the city, if you want to go someplace, America is just so freaking big with a lot of nothing in between. And when I mean nothing, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but there's a lot of farmland. There's a lot of desert. There's a lot of mountains. Right. It takes you time and distance to get to another location. And, and with 150 miles of range, you know, that's got to be your second or third car. And then all of a sudden your potential market is really shrunk down. So I, I always right. worry about these. So kind of, and I wish I had them. I love them. I love little tiny cars, but yeah, I do too. Uh, but the Fiat 500X, they say yes. there will be an electric equivalent of that coming in the future, which will have greater range. And there's pictures of it out there. Yeah. It looks and, good. And it, it does look good. And I think that Fiat is at a very crucial stage. If they want to stay in the United States. They're hanging on by their. By a thread. By a and thread. they need to come in with that, not just one, but three or four different electric vehicles that are super affordable to get their name back out there into the consciousness of U.S. purchasers. So, if they don't do that, I don't think they're going to survive. So there is some interesting news out there, and we were just talking about this. Right now, Stellantis is sort of, kind of, owned by Peugeot, 
and and um, partnered. Partnered. Yeah. And there, there is a French company that might be bringing a car to America. Alpine. Exactly. Tell them about that. Yeah. Well, I've got very little on it, but they're they're talking about bringing vehicles here to the United States with a partnership through uh, Peugeot and Renault. I think. Is it Renault? Yeah. You know what? Actually, I got to double check on that. I don't want to make any announcements because there's there's two different companies, Alpina and Alpine. But uh, nonetheless, there are less expensive versions of European electric vehicles that are built by Peugeot that might be making their way over here under different names. That we know so, is happening. So I would say that you know Stellantis has a couple of brands that have barely enough cars to be called a brand, right? Yeah, with, yeah. With well, Fiat being Fiat one and of Dodge, them, Dodge being another one, and to some extent Alfa Romeo. Uh, yeah, and, which is on this list. And uh, Maserati as well, right? Not on this list, surprisingly. Um, so if the Fiat 500X, by the way, not a horrible car. It's a very simple kind of basic all-wheel drive I little like mini crossover. The, the problem with that car is a Renegade. Yes, that's exactly it. They're based on the same platform. The Renegade's better. It's just better. So that's one of the problems you, you, with the 500X. You know what, you know what I just l learned? Mm. This is also another head scratcher. Like, uh, I've always believed that to be successful in business, you give the customers what they want. And I, sorry, Will, I know I'm not doing that. But for the most part, we try to give you choice and what you want. Mm. Did you know uh, that uh, a Fiat has announced that they're doing away with the all-wheel drive Panda? It's only going to be two-wheel drive? Yeah, I did hear that somewhere. The, but the I Panda, to me, has always been about all-wheel drive. Uh, uh, a for version all of it, yeah. You know that, right? It's always been like the little cute... Uh, uh, Italian country car yeah. that everybody's bought because it had all-wheel drive, so it didn't climb weather. It did well. How would why would you get rid of what makes the car the car? Well, they wouldn't be the only one who have done that, have they? Yeah. There's other companies that have done. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. You know. Now let's move on to another vehicle that is on this list, and I'm actually a little surprised by the number. I actually thought it would be lower. Yeah, Nissan GTR 217. Uh, they increased the price, Nathan, and they've done what to it? Not a lot. Not a lot. No, no. It's it just soldiers on, uh, and it's really starting to get long in the tooth, right? When that well, with the new three, with the new four uh, hundred Z, technically, right? right the new Z, Z. It's just Z. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it 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 really makes a case that the GTR is even less important to the buyer, unless they have a new one coming out that's got a new body, new you know, new transmission, something that brings it out into the forefront of Nissan, because it used to be the halo car. And really, Americans don't even think about that car anymore. Look, 217 sold. That's I, just I remember nothing. when it came out, there was so much excitement, right? The Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, the, we the, drove the, a couple of them. Uh, people still lust for the Skyline, right? The, the Japanese version of it, the JDM version. Um, we, we drove them. Uh, it was breathtakingly quick. Uh, Handled them remarkably well. Yeah, uh, and you know it was a supercar. It was like the NSX. It was a supercar at at an affordable price. I mean, mm -hmm. when it came out, they were like seventy thousand dollars for a six hundred horsepower, zero to sixty, and whatever it was, three second car. Yeah, yeah, and and on top of that, they're actually practical. They had a decent sized trunk, a real back seat, handmade engine, mm -hmm. a, a remarkable car, and so the the fact that they're still around, essentially unchanged for so many years. That, to me, is a bit of a crime because I think Nissan really needs to focus on that because they need a new Halo car. That's their actual Halo car. Whether, whether you guys agree or not, that's what I believe. And, and, and number six is also in that same vein. Exactly. Well, number six we know is going away. Yeah, it's the Audi R8. So far, 186 sold this year. Beautiful car when it came out. Once again, all-wheel drive, supercar. Um, One and, you could drive every day practically, too. And, and, and maybe maybe the problem, and I'm guessing at this, Nathan, mm -hmm. uh, is you, know, you could buy a Tesla 
Model 3 performance yeah. uh, that'll run circles at least in a straight line. Well, not straight line. I would rather have the R8 all day long with the manual transmission. Yes, but you say that. Yes. But the R8 is going to cost you three times as much and it's going to be slower. So a guy in a. It's not going to cost Model 3 three times as much. An R8? Yeah. Yeah, 150 yeah. grand. You bet it is. Yeah. A Model 3 performance, $50,000. Three times as much for a new R8. I would say it would compare more against the Model S performance. Because you're going big and bold, you're going well, to go plaid big. Well, Plaid is, Plaid, I forget, um, Mr. Musk keeps raising and lowering the price. Yeah, I know. So last quarter, the, you could get a Plaid for 105 uh, mm -hmm. and 0 to 60 in two seconds. And now the performance, I think, is, uh, uh, don't quote me on this, it's like a $20,000 upgrade where it gives you, you know, carbon fiber or carbon ceramic, sorry, brakes. Uh, you know, more uh, track focus, stability, better yeah. suspension, bigger tires. Yada, Rather yada. than the R8. Uh, to all day long. If I, if I were going to a car that I want to take on the track, not fun. Yeah, I, 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 see, me, I can't do that, dude, because the problem is, like, I, I just had this happen, okay? Yeah. I'll give you an example. So I was, I was in our Model 3 performance. Yeah. And a guy in a Cayman pulls up next to me, mm -hmm. right? And he looks at me, I look at him, and by the time he even put it in first gear, I was 200 feet ahead of him. Sure. Seriously. I mean, I was like, boom, I'm gone. Yeah, in a drag race, that's great. But if you're going on the back roads in a canyon, which is what I'd really like to do, or you're on some sort of circuit that's very similar to a Grand Prix circuit, the Tesla is going to have some issues after doing a couple laps. I can take that Audi, the, and all day long I can put gas in that thing and keep it going. But the Plaid Performance will do the same thing. The Plaid, the Plaid Performance, performance will detune itself when it overheats. I've been, you know, this, the reviews, I'm telling I mean, you. We, we don't have first-hand experience, so I'm only going for, you know, by what other people have said and written, but the performance, you know, actually uh, solves a lot of those problems. Uh, and more importantly, Nathan, you know, that's why America has always been about straight-line performance, because it's real, right? Yeah, sure. In some mythical world where there's no speed limit in the canyon and, you know, two cars come up next to each other, the the, the Porsche will always be quicker uh, around a curve and around yeah. a track. But a I, don't live, I, don't, I don't live in that world. What are you talking about? You have it right down the street. But I don't, don't, I don't do that. I don't go out. It's, it's you know. I do. Look, the, the problem is it's it's. I don't, so track is very expensive where yeah. it's safe. And if you go in the mountains and you start doing that, there are a lot of people on bicycles. Oh, for crying out loud. Look, if you're in the mountains and, I, and, and, and you're one, driving I'm around. I'm one of those people on the bicycle. I'm, yeah, no, 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 no. If I'm going down a mountain road, I might take a little bit of speed and enjoy myself around a corner or two. Don't say you don't because you do. I did I did that once coming down the canyon when I was a young, younger man and had more, more lead in the pencil. And I was in my uh, 300ZX, and it's yeah. a Porsche 9, 944 Turbo, uh, and that uh, 300ZX had uh, Super Hikus. Yeah, 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 four-wheel <laughs> four steer. steering. yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we raced down the canyon, and it was at night, and all of a sudden, the Porsche was behind me, I see the lights go left, right, and then they disappear. And mm. the guy completely spun it. And I stopped, and I walked up to him, and he could have gone off, sure. you know, off the thing. And he was like, "Your safety concerns have nothing to do he, with he, my reality." And I just, though. I just saw the look in his eyes. Yeah, yeah sure, he was probably scared. Um, you know what, though, it, w my point is that if you're going to buy a performance car, you're going to enjoy a performance car. Certain people, me, uh, and you may not. That's fine. However, honestly speaking, I have a lot more fun throwing a car I, like an R8 around a corner where I'm shifting into gear. If you can even forget, find the older ones, the manual. And having fun with it. So that's where I'm going with the R8. Very different than the Lexus, by the way, in terms of the, my mentality towards so, it. So I've recently discovered the fun of a Miata. 
Because that car... That's another car that you could throw around those corners. Yeah, and that, and, and that I do. That perfect ca- control. That car, you could be doing 30 and it feels like you're doing 50. That's another... What's my point? And it's not on this so, list, thank God. No, but so that... Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to sound like I don't love driving a car quickly around a corner. I, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I really do love it. But I also think to myself, like, like you know, that guy in that Cayman, right? Mm-hmm. You think he went home and he said, hey, honey, I just I lined up against a Tesla. And guess what? <laughs> well, if he's discussing that with his wife or she's discussing that with her husband, then they're loose. Right, but, but I'm just thinking, if I'm that guy in the Porsche, then i got to be making all kinds of, like, excuses about the fact that, that my car, which is more expensive, reality. Is, is actually slower. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, but I think we're in the reality now where most people get it, that in a straight line, yeah, electric cars absolutely are king. Hey, speaking of electrification, yes. let's move on to number five, which is something interesting. But you guys got to understand how this list works. It's the Toyota Grand Highlander. 159 have been sold this year currently. However... It just went on sale. Yeah, so, that so that's made, why the numbers are so low. Yeah, I agree. I think that one is probably an outlier, and I think. But isn't it a hybrid? Yes, you can get it as a hybrid or not. You yeah, can get it, you can get it in both, uh, and I think it'll sell like like hotcakes. Now, number four, I'm not sure will sell like hotcakes. Uh, number four, we're dealing with in some very interesting ways, but I can't go into details about that. What I can tell you is this: number four is an Italian vehicle that can come as a high, well, actually, as a t- turbo. Or a plug-in hybrid. Nope, nope. Only comes as a plug-in hybrid now in America. They're oh, in the United States. In the yeah, United yeah. States, yes, it does. So it's so, the Alfa Romeo Tonale, 118. It just went on sale. Another, mm-hmm. another one. But yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, so you know, I, I like to go for a run in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thinking about this car in the morning. Um, and um, here's a question for you and the audience. Yeah. So the Italians like to name their cars after Italian things. So Tonale is... Uh, For a toenail. No, it's a, no it's, a, it's a mountain pass. Yeah, it's the really... It's got switchbacks, and it's actually super, super... It was featured on certain car shows. Like like the other one. The, uh, I can't think of the other one now. There's another one. Espresso Pass. Um, no, no, another Alfa Romeo that's, af- that's named after a pass. Mm. It's not the Julia. What, what, what other Alfa Romeos are there? The Julia. What's the other one? The Stradalia. Anyway, um, Super and there's also Russia. that Maserati Greco, 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 Johnny Greco. You know what I'm talking about? The, Mas- the Maserati. Yeah. It's, a, it's a SUV. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a couple of Maserati SUVs that they now call, I mean, don't they have one that's called the Bora now or something like that? No, no, no. You, you drove this Maserati. I, I know. With Tommy in the uh, rain. Oh, God. Hey, what was that one? Yeah, that was the um, yeah. Levante. Levante. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, Levante. I, what I was thinking about is, you know, I, I, I'm giving like Toyota a lot of grief for naming a car BZ4X. It's a terrible name. It's a terrible name, and we love traditional names. But I, I, I'm wondering if Alfa Romeo would be smarter to to not like try to establish Tonale, which is, you know, I'm sure in Italian it sounds much better than in English. But it, it could be one of those problems where, like, like the Julia works for me, right? That's mm-hmm. a, that's a name I just associate immediately. But Tonale, uh, make up just, an Italian name that's totally fake. Strada Pariglia. <laughs> doesn't matter, but make it sound better for the American limited tongue because we're limited people and we need that. Remember when Suzuki did the Kazashi? People had no idea what to mention. They thought it was a cereal. So my point is that, and I agree with Roman, the naming isn't right on this car. It's a good car, and I, I worry that it's hamstrung by a name that just is not going to resonate. There's another problem with it. What? It's also a Dodge. Uh, the Hornet. People are aware 
that this essentially is the Dodge Hornet. Yeah, we're, we're, we're back in a day when that we got away from for a while, now we're back. So the Hornet and the Tonale, classic, uh, you know. Brand sharing. I mean, they, the platforms are the same pretty much. Yeah, and also uh, BZ4X and Solterra. And that Lexus. Yeah, and the Lexus, right? Uh, and I, I just don't, I don't think it does. And now, of course, um, what's the Toyota uh, Supra and BMW? Like kind of the Z4-ish yeah. mixed with the yeah. Two or whatever. Yeah, uh, this chassis sharing uh, and brand, I'm going to call it um, mix-up, I think it really hurts the manufacturer because it's, it's, like, it's like going to McDonald's and buying a Whopper. It just seems wrong to me. Yeah, I, I would say this is – well, we know from the inside that when Dodge came along and said, oh, yeah, that's a nice platform. We're going to take that and put it in the Hornet, that the Alfa Romeo team was – furious because they wanted that bespoke for them as an Italian thing and now it's been kind of whitewashed and you know it's it the the media hasn't been very nice to the Hornet uh and in some cases that's rightfully so 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 like um I think Toyota will tell you that without BMW's help there would be no Supra yes but this is the one but it's large Toyota it's they the can build whatever companies. they want yeah, right look if you you don't need to be doing this kind of chassis sharing, you know, brand confusion to put out a Supra. Make, you've got the resources, and I think people will respect it. These are not like collaborations that, that people want. These are collaborations that people scratch their heads about and go, you know, I want a Toyota or I want a BMW. I don't want a hybrid of both of those. And maybe in the boardroom and maybe with the bean counters, it sounds and smells and tastes good. But in the public, it just feels wrong, uh, that, that, to me at least. Okay, to some people, I would say that's probably the case. Uh, let's move on to the next one, because this one's really confusing. A lot of you don't even know this exists, and that's the Hyundai Nexo. 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 Yeah, Nexio. 105 sold. So the problem with the Nexo, of course, is uh, it's run on hydrogen. <laughs> yeah. It's a vehicle that really can only be sold in two states. Kind of, sort of. And kind of, sort of. And even then, limited, limited, limited access to hydrogen stations. Um, it's more of a test vehicle, or perhaps it's for a pissing contest where you want to bring it over. All your friends have Teslas. You're like, well, you have your Tesla. I have my hydrogen car. Look at me. Call me Zeppelin. Um, you know, whatever you want to. <laughs> it, it, but the thing is, is that 105 of these things have been sold. That's 105 people well, there, there who have no, access. Th there's no, there's like 45 hydrogen stations in California, and they're going down, not up. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know... Hydrogen, I think, is a way of solving certain power issues, but in terms of putting it in a car, the infrastructure is going to be even harder than electric is, infrastructure. Is Toyota still selling the Mirai? Because that, that's not on this list. But It's I'm not sure. on the list. I don't think they're building it anymore. I think we did a list of things that are going away, and I think it was on there. Yeah, because, once again, another car that isn't feasible without a hydrogen infrastructure. And I wish yeah. there was a hydrogen infrastructure, but... Um, Legacy car companies don't seem to understand that new electrified cars or hydrogen cars are 50% about the car and 50% about the charging, or in this case, hydrogen network. And yeah. if it doesn't exist, it don't exist. That is correct. And the next vehicle on this list is sort of stunning to me, but I think I get it now. And that is the Mazda MX-30. Yeah, so that's a compliance car that came along after compliance cars were no longer a thing. I just didn't understand this thing at all because... What, well, it was supposed to have a range extender. Yes, and it didn't, and that was the problem. And, and I, I was wondering why bring it out. Yeah, they were going to have a... So, so essentially, this is like a small micro SUV that has... It's all electric, 
and it was supposed to have a range extender. Well, in Europe it does, I think. It, we never got it. We never got that version. And so the one here has really limited miles. Uh, it, it looks, yeah, if that. Um, it looks cool, and it's a Mazda, so they, they put in some decent handling. Clamshell doors. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like an i3-ish type thing. But the whole bottom line here, they sold 66. And that's just not enough to register on the scales, so, to be so, honest so with you. I wanted to buy one because I, I love, like I said, quirky cars, and I thought it would be a fun video series. And I was looking around in California at the dealers, and you got to give the dealers, uh, you know, uh, credit. They have chutzpah, Nathan, because they mm. were still asking, like, full sticker for the car. And yeah, I, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I, what, I are you guys nuts? You're this, not going to sell them. This car's going to go, like like a Mirai, used Mirai, you know, is $7,000 in California all day long, right? This mm. car's going to be at that price point. <laughs> if it isn't, it should be there. But yeah. it, it does take a lot of chutzpah to, 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 to sell a car that has, you know, range from uh, 19... Uh, Oh, God, 1980, right? <laughs> when they were yeah, doing those going, little... <laughs> the, the, the mid to late 80s when they were doing the, uh, the, right, the let's Chevy. Be real. Yeah. Let, like, like 2015. Yes. And, and pretend like it's a $35,000 car. Yeah. I, it isn't. No, no. It, and other, obviously, most of the public knows that except for 66 people who probably are either employees and or fans of Mazda, which is why they bought it. Now, they live in California. They right. Were, they only sell it in California. So the next vehicle they sell, actually, you can get it in other places, including in Colorado, because we bought one. And that is the vehicle that's directly behind me, and it is number one on this list. Yeah, the Hummer uh, EV. We, we, had we know it. it's a truck-ish. Six, 65 sold. Now, there's a, a bit of nuance here that we have to uh, talk about, and that is uh, General Motors doesn't um, distinguish between units built, like some companies, yes. and units sold. So... There may be a 500 GM Hummer EVs built, but because they're missing parts or because they're missing batteries or whatever, they haven't been sold. So I don't think this is, you know, in the Jalopnik story, they said that people didn't want this vehicle. I think people want this vehicle. I agree. I, I know that because they're selling well over sticker. I just think GM isn't building them because of whatever reason. <laughs> GM, well, maybe the, it takes it. Look, it's got a 200-plus kilowatt-hour battery pack, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe at GM people are saying to themselves, you know, we could build a lot of other vehicles. Like, you could build, like, five bolts using the battery pack well, it's, or it, four bolts, three a, bolts. Yeah, it's still a different pack, but the point is is that... Uh, no, they're in, both Altium, the new ones. In the Bolt? No, the Bolt doesn't have the new ones. No, All that's right, what so, I'm saying. Yeah, so what's... Bolt a, doesn't have it. What's, Bolt what's, has the old what, What's the new... Um, um, yeah, Ultium. Equin Equinox. That's the new. Yes, yes. That that's going to have. Yeah. That's what I'm. Yeah. But yeah, the, not the Bolt, though. Right. Um, so the deal is with the Hummer, uh, I believe, I've heard the chip shortage really hurt the Hummer. And it's a very expensive, very technical vehicle to build, which makes sense. So that is one of probably many reasons why these things are not flying out the door. Yes, they are being built, but only 65 have been built, so that's like nothing. All right, in the last few minutes that we have, Nathan, I'm going to run a conspiracy theory by you that I think actually has merit. Okay. And I want to get your take on this. Go for it. So, you know, we talk to the manufacturers, uh, and we ask them why, and we get emails like every day from people saying, I've ordered, pick the truck, you know, and it's not been delivered. Why it's, is it taking six extra months? Why is it taking six yeah. extra months? Why are they so expensive? How come I don't have the thing that I've ordered? What the hell's going on? Uh, and so the conspiracy theory is, and I think there's merit to it, is that instead of building vehicles and manufacturers because of COVID and because of what we went through have figured out that they can make a lot more money selling a lot fewer cars. And so they've basically figured out the Ferrari business model, which is build 
only as many cars as there is demand for or just under that and then you know make the prices much more expensive so there's much more profit in each vehicle uh, and then blame the chip shortage or blame COVID or blame you know the, the Chinese whoever you want to blame and so they're on purpose this is a theory building fewer cars and trucks to inflate the pricing and to make uh, like Rolex does like Ferrari does to make supply and demand be much less equitable. I think that's a fair assessment of what some people are doing. I don't think all the automakers are doing this, but I do think that some of them are playing some games. And I think in addition, they've taken advantage of the current buying world. We're still seeing dealerships jacking up prices relentlessly. It's still happening after years of this stuff. Oh, yeah. We're, Especially we're, we're three anything, years in from them doing this, pretty much from 2019. Corolla GR, great example. Yeah, it's a really good example. Integra Type S, we just we just raced it in yeah. the video against the Mustang. That's another one. It's just, it's part of Cor the deal. Corvettes are finally starting to come down, finally. Right. But not the Z06. No. So I think it's going to take even more time to get to that point where we actually brought down the prices to where they were pre-COVID. And we may never do that. So in addition to everything else, they're taking advantage of the fact that they know that they can A, get a, a higher price of their car, but B, also push packages that normally they wouldn't sell. So for instance, you get a mid-level SE model, whatever. All of a sudden like, well, we, limited. Got a, yeah, we got a limited or an SEL that has, it's only $2,000 more, but you'll get that heated seat that you wanted or whatever. And you're gonna be like, yeah, it's, it's the only one out there, I'll take it. And that's, that's how some people I think have throttled down a little bit in terms of production, so they can get out those more expensive variants, which means more profit. Now there is good news, uh, and that is, like I said, I think we're hitting this chasm with electric cars, so there might be deals to be had on electric cars. I just drove, and this is of course anecdotal, so take it for what it's worth. Yeah. I just drove by the Volkswagen dealership. They had ID4 stacked up like uh, like cordwood on yeah. the lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing like time on lot for cars like that, uh, the Mustang Mach-E, Mm -hmm. uh, same issue, uh, you know, and, and Tesla just keeps um, almost in a predatory fashion uh, or aggressively, if I'm being, you know, less, um, what, would I, what would I call it, direct, um, they're slicing and dicing prices, you know, and we, we just got this survey. I'll, I'll actually read this to you. I was going to read this to you on, on, and it's from our friends at IC Cars. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, used, used EV prices uh, are collapsing, basically. Uh, here, here's the, uh, I'll just go through this really quickly, okay? The, 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 the ten, top 10 cars where uh, prices have gone down, all right? The BMW 5 Series PHEV down 15.5% for an mm. average of $6,000. Right. The Jaguar E-Pace, 16.2%, $6,000. Ionic uh, uh, Hybrid, down $3,800, 16.2. Now, Land Rover Discovery Hybrid, 16%, $8,000. Land Rover uh, Velar. Uh, and number one, um, I'm just going to, well, I'll give you the top three. Nissan Leaf, okay, average price in June of 2023, $22,500. Uh, price changed in June of 2022, so this is 2023 versus 2022. Uh, $5,300 less, 19% decrease. Wow, that's significant. Tesla, Tesla Model X, let me finish the yeah. oh, Model X. Average price 2022 in June, 70000 Average price today, $18,000 less, 21%. And the winner, 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 chicken dinner, um, Tesla Model 3. Average price as of June of this year, 37000 Price change, 16000 down 30.5%, Nathan. Yep, 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 yep. And that's, 
really good for the consumer because the prices are coming down for certain electric cars, but it's still not manageable for people who are looking for entry-level, really inexpensive electric cars. But I think we're on our way down there finally about two years too late. That's a good point, Nathan. <laughs> Maybe people at this point. I've been, I've been getting a sense, stick my finger into the wind, and people are like, I'm done with electric cars. Yep, yep, I've been seeing that too. And we're so early into the game, I think that some people just want to wash their hands of it because the limited selection that's out there tends to be very expensive. And there are some people who are like, I want a $30,000 car. I don't want to spend $50,000 for a car that really is only worth twenty or fifteen. I totally get that, and that's one thing you have to keep an eye on. So there you go. With that, uh, we hope uh, – was it Walter? Is that his name? Will. Will. Will, Sorry, thank Will. you. Hope Will, hope. I hope you had a great time watching us <laughs> if you stayed till the end. Otherwise, have a wonderful week. We will be bringing you a lot more in the very near future. Yeah, Tommy's over uh, at Goodwood uh, yeah. doing a lot of uh, videos from the Goodwood Festival of Speed, so make sure to check out that. He's got the new Ineos Grenadier Quartermaster, which is a pickup truck. Yeah, that's right. It's a proper pickup truck. Uh, and he's there with Hyundai with the new Ionic 5 and Nathan. Guess what? The car actually pretends to shift. Ooh. Seriously. No, no, I'm looking 615 horsepower. Wow. Zero to 60. Uh, they're saying 3.5, but it could be even quicker than that. I'll take it. I love it. All right. That sounds great. All right. See you guys next time. Remember, alltfl.com. Ciao. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.